Hey everybody, welcome back to the cleanup. Um, my name's Joe, I'm here with my friend Kyle. I know it's been a while, but we're here to bring it back, bring back the podcast and uh, hopefully bring everybody the, the baseball information they they want to hear and uh, bring a little fun to the game. Um, and let you let my good friend Kyle over here introduce yourself. If you heard that song, that is Ali, Lost in Paradise. That is actually Shohei Otani's walk-up song. We're going to do this uh, every during every podcast. Uh, during the intro, we're going to play like the player of the week, anybody who's hot, anybody who's fun to talk about. We're going to play their walk-up song, kind of uh, spread the love a little bit. But I'll let my friend Kyle introduce himself. Um, Kyle, take it away. First off, um, let's just both agree that Otani's walk-up song is fire. Absolutely. Absolute flames. Um, but yeah, I'm, I'm happy to be on here, um, especially talking about baseball. Uh, you know, I know that you just recently stopped playing baseball. Maybe it's your little outlet for uh, getting all your baseball activity out, you know, just talking. But also, like, I watch so much sports and baseball. I feel like I just have a need. I just need to get it out. You know, like I need to, I need to give it to the people. Absolutely. And, uh, it usually just ends up being me and you talking about baseball back and forth anyways. So why don't we just make a podcast about it now? Yeah. Also. Yeah. So the origin of this is, uh, uh, we are, we both are PlayStation friends, right? So we'll be on the mic in a party and yeah, it ends up just being us. And we're like, you know what? We talk about baseball. How do we just make a podcast? Yeah. Why don't we just pick it back up? And for any of those, uh, any of those out there who have listened to the cleanup, the first two episodes that I made about two years ago at this point, I know uh, I stopped making them. It's a little tough to talk to yourself for about an hour and then go through and edit listening to yourself. So uh, having Kyle here just makes everything a lot easier. Um, he brings more perspectives to the game. He's a Cubs fan. I'm a Marlins fan. You know, both fan bases yeah, that have so, endured some yeah. pain. So we understand. And there's a little history between our clubs, but I mean, for the most part, you know, no really any rivalry. So, I mean, like we can't really, it's not going to be any like, you know, unless we have another Bartman situation, but I think right now we're cool. Like our teams are yeah. fine. For the moment, we're, we're all right. You know, I'm, I forgive yeah. Kyle for the Bartman situation. Yeah, and and the Marlins beat, Marlins beat the Cubs uh, in the postseason, but that's not a real postseason last year. So I don't See, even care. Kyle's actually a closet Marlins fan for all you who don't know. Uh yeah, I absolutely hate every Miami sport team except for the Marlins. So yeah, so we're okay. That. We'll we'll take that. We'll take what we can get. Um, yeah. So right. and also um and before we get into it, uh, just like as you're bringing up, like it, first of all, if you're a loyal cleanup listener from day one, God bless you. You're a king <laughs> or a queen. Um, but yeah, I mean, just given uh Joe's baseball experience, like actually playing, like I, I played in high school, but I stopped my senior year. Um, and obviously like I just watch it. So I haven't like, I don't have the experience of past, you know, the high school level of playing it and being with a team and all that. So you have that to bring to the table, but I also like, I feel like I have the gambling aspect. I have the fan aspect. Like, so we have two different types the degenerate of degenerate like, aspect. You uh, mean. Pers- yes. Um, I haven't bet on baseball in a while, but I did place a bet today because it's the the play-in tournament, uh, you know, the new NBA. Uh, And I put a bet on the Wizards and the Pacers. So, um, 
if that goes well, I mean, give us a give us a couple tweets of the cleanup because your boy may have won a parlay. <laughs> I mean, that's awesome. I mean, y'all can go follow us on Twitter at the cleanup uh, at the cleanup three six five. We'll have oh, yeah, plug uh, that in. bad bad beats every Friday from Kyle. Uh, giving you terrible advice on who to bet on for the weekend and who's hot and who's not. Um, also, just follow along in general. We'll have the morning cleanup every morning. We'll give you a quick rundown of baseball news from the day before. And, you know, just all in one place, make it easy for you to see and what we think about uh, everything going on right now. Yeah. And if anything, like we're not we're not actual like journalists. We're not we're not even going to pretend like we have sources or anything like that, because that's Absolutely stupid not. for the people that do that. Um, but I think what our page could be besides like us giving you two different perspectives and then just being fans in general is yeah, we can just, we can give you all, all like all type of like stats all in one place at one time, like headlines. So, I mean, like if you just kind of want a quick glance of like, Hey, what's happening in baseball in the, in the world today, we can kind of just look at our site, boom, get an idea and then move along. Yeah. And for those of you who don't know me, um, new listeners, hopefully there's a lot of you out there. Um, my name is Joe. I'm a former college baseball player. Uh, I played Division II baseball for four years, had an injury, went through COVID years, had a lot of ups and downs, but you know, wouldn't trade it for the world. Um, I miss baseball, but this is definitely my outlet now because there's so much just baseball I want to talk about. I, I need I need somewhere to go with it. So you all are at my mercy yeah. right now. <laughs> so Yeah, so you guys are going to just have to deal with it. Um, let him... This is his therapy. Yeah, this is my therapy. You all are my my uh, therapists, kind of. I'm uh, expelling way, everything yeah. onto you. Yeah, so. Uh, yeah, you so get if into you guys it, engage Kyle? with us and, yeah. Well, also, yeah, also engage with us as much as you want on Twitter because, I mean, like I said, we want to talk about baseball as much as possible. So feel free to respond, message, comment, and all that. We're all, all for it. There, there yeah. is no such thing as a, as a bad beat. You can send in anything you want. We will. We will just. We will not yeah. judge. We will just argue why we think different. Yeah. Give <laughs> also, us follow takes, us on also, Facebook. Yeah. Follow us on Facebook at the cleanup. Right. And also, if you have questions or anything, questions, comments, concerns, you can uh, email us at the cleanup three six five at gmail dot com too. Yeah. And sorry for just throwing so much information at once, but also with the the bad beats thing, I haven't totally like. I'm either gonna either choose to find the like the worst beats of the week or i might you know give you like some possible like bets to pick in the weekend haven't decided that but i do know for sure it's gonna be every friday that and it's gonna be sure. a bad beat there's definitely gonna be some for sure and it's probably <laughs> gonna be all mine yeah i mean just that's kyle we can just leave that at that <laughs> um but yeah let's get into uh let's get into some baseball that's what we're here let's, for let's go some topics around the league um, I start with uh, the man, the myth, yeah. the walk-up song that's Flames. Uh, show, show he, Shohei. I don't even know what I'm saying his first name. Shohei. <laughs> wow, you know what? Already, already edited out. Edited out. Um, no. Yeah, gotta um, edit yeah, that. Otani. Otani. Holy, like this man. This I mean, Crazy. from the beginning, we get uh, we get Babe Ruth comparisons, which is weird in its sense. Like, I mean, especially with the new the new age of people saying Babe Ruth is bad. Think, think what you want about Babe Ruth, but he was still like a really good pitcher and hitter for his time. And we no one said no one has seen that until Otani has shown up. And everyone's had this hype. He's been injured. He won Rookie of the Year though, so there was like, hey, he has a stuff. Then he kept getting injured. 
questions about his his arm, his elbow, and this year he's just he's here. He's Taking arrived. Off. Yeah, the thing about Otani is you got to think when Otani was 18 years old, he was hitting 500 foot bombs in Japan. Like at that point, when you're hitting 500 foot bombs and throwing 95, people are going to mm-hmm. talk about you. Um, and of course, when he came over, New York fans were pissed at him because everybody wanted him to be a Yankee, and he chose the Angels instead. So far, you know, you could say it's worked out some. He hasn't he hasn't flamed out or anything, and he's finally starting to catch his stride. And uh, I mean, nobody hits you know, 13 homers and 152 at bats by accident. Like the guys, the guys got no. raw talent. So and he, he got, he has pop. Yeah. Like you said, like not only just like, can he hit, like he can, he can slug. He can mash. He can, my man has a pop to it. Yeah. 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 So this year, the one thing I do want to talk about with Tony this year in terms of his hitting is that compared to his prior seasons, uh, he's actually, uh, striking out more and walking less. So with that power increase has definitely come a little bit of uh, lack of discipline at the plate, but I'm, I'm sure most people in the league and the angels organization is fine with it because they don't want to see Otani out there walking. They want to see him hit 450 bombs. That's what people come oh, yeah. to watch. And can we also talk yeah, about which... how he's like a five tool player with his, with his speed too? Like every, nobody talks about his speed enough. He's so quick. That's what's, Honestly, that's what, besides, like, you know, being able to pitch really well and throw in, like, 100 miles per hour and hitting, like, 400-foot bombs, like, I can't believe this man has speed. Yeah, like, I mean, That's, it, that's it the craziest wild. part about it to me. It's insane. And so... The, He's the just cool, so athletic. The, the weird thing is, is that before today, uh, Shohei was, was second in FanDuel odds to win MVP in AL behind his teammate, you know, the GOAT, Mike Trout. Well, Mike Trout just went down today with a calf strain for six to eight weeks. So now you have to think, if Shohei stays hot, not saying he has to continue on the same exact pace, but if he stays hot for the next, like, four to five weeks, does he pass Trout in the MVP odds? I think I think he does. And I know we were discussing it before, um, a couple of days ago. But, yeah, just, just the... Even if he pitches like decent, like it doesn't have to be like incredible. It doesn't have to be like a Cy Young contender. He just has to be able to win games, not only as a pitcher, but as a hitter. And that makes you immediately the most valuable player on the entire, in the entire league, yeah, especially with absolutely. the angels themselves who don't angels do not have any pitching at all. They never have, they probably never will. I mean, they, they sign God bless Joe Madden. But they signed Quintana. And uh, like terrible, Qu- Quintana. A shout out, uh, rest in peace, Eloy. I hope, I hope he's getting yeah. healthy. But uh, yeah, put, yeah that, that trade. You have White Sox. Oh yeah, that was such a bad trade. But yeah, I mean, <laughs> they just historically do not have pitching, and I don't know, like, when they're gonna get it. Like, especially what? when you're, especially when you're in LA. Like, you're a big market. I know you're not the Dodgers, but like, I mean, you got it. You got to get some more free agents there. What's crazy about that to me too is that they brought over Dylan Bundy from the Orioles. Um, I don't know if anybody remembers Dylan Bundy. You know, you kind of get lost when you play for Baltimore. He was he was not good in his career in Baltimore, but he came over from the Orioles yeah. and actually pitched well for the Angels last year, and he's pitching decent again this year too. But there's just yeah. the lack of urgency to go out and like attack the starting pitching market. You can't win with Jose Quintana 
and Andrew Heaney and Griffin Canning out there when Dylan Bundy's your ace? Because here's my question, Kyle. Do you think that as the season progresses, because we haven't really seen a full season of Shohei, do you think as the season progresses, they run him out there once every 10 days instead of once every five? Uh, Yeah, that's a good question. Um, And it's also... Obviously, having experience uh, with Joe Madden as a manager with the Cubs, he does a lot of. He's not really a traditionalist, but he's also like he does what's best for the player. Like he's he, that's why he's such a good player coach. And we we'll get into like Tony Larusa later and how I think he's literally the opposite of Joe Madden. Yeah. Um. But in some ways, like they're the same right now. Um. But yeah, I mean, like I think Joe Madden will will find a way. So like he probably will will build a relationship with with uh, Shohei and and t- say hey, are you more are you more comfortable with uh, more rest? Um, how's your arm feeling? So I mean I think it's all depending on how his how he feels how Otani yeah, absolutely. Feels. So I mean, and with somebody like Otani, like you, I find it hard to believe that you can throw him out there one night and have him throw a hundred pitches and then have him hit lead off the next day. Like at some point, the guy's gonna need a break. Like it's just he's yeah. he's human. At the end of the day, he's still human, and he's either gonna. I I feel like they have to stretch him out. Like I don't think they have a choice because yeah. If you, once Otani goes, yeah, I was down, gonna say because yeah, his injury history alone. Um, I say like if if he didn't have any injury history, then like yeah, like you can go out there and, and maybe risk like burning him out. But because he has the issues with his arm. Um, and, and because he throws so hard, like, you know what I mean? He, he puts so much force into his, his whole, his whole arm when he throws, like, and you have a, to, you have to rest. And he throws a splitter, arguably the best splitter in the MLB and, uh, Japanese Filthy. pitchers who have thrown the splitter, uh, for example, like Tanaka have a tendency of mm. having oh, yeah. extreme arm injuries. And he, I mean, that's yeah. what I'm saying with, with him having that effective pitch, and throwing 99 to 100 miles an hour every day, they're just going to have to. They don't have a choice. But I liked how you were talking about how Joe Madden was a player manager, and I want to kind of uh, divert or uh, bring this into another topic. And I'm not, I don't want to talk about Tony Russo yet, but let's talk about Albert Pujols and what went on with L.A. Um, do you know the whole story with that, Kyle? No, I know, uh, I know a little bit about it. All I know is that um, – with I don't know if it was Madden or just you know like the front the office front in general, office. but they wanted him to play a yeah they wanted to have him more as a utility role because obviously like uh, Walsh is was raking right now. We'll also talk about him a little bit, but um like obviously you want to get him more at bats because you want to develop him because he's he has a whole future ahead of him. And Pujols has like for the last like a thousand at bats shown that he doesn't have it anymore. So like yeah, I think I think there's a little bit of selfishness there. Like I get like. Like you're a Hall of Famer, like you have pride, but I yeah I think that he um, I think he did the Angels a little dirty. Yeah. So so basically, what happened with uh, Pujols and the Angels was uh, he was starting to get less playing time. I mean, you're hitting below 200 and you're 40 years old. That's gonna happen. He literally offers yeah. nothing to the team. His defense is subpar. He can't run. Uh, basically, he went up to Joe Madden and uh, was kind of like disrespecting him, telling him he wasn't a good manager, he wasn't right for the team. And that Pujols said he needed to be playing every day. And Joe Madden was basically like, well, we, we can't have you play every day. He's like, I don't, I don't think that's going to work. And so eventually when the Angels front office found out, 
They decided that it was best if they parted ways with Pujols, which at this point I completely agree because I've been saying since the start of the year that the only way the Angels are going to remotely win more games is you need Otani DHing and you need Walsh at first and Pujols needs to sit the bench. Like that just has to happen. But then, of course, he said that he wanted a full-time role. And where does he go? He goes to the, the L.A. Dodgers. Like what's up with that? The deepest team in the MLB. Yeah. Um, and I, and the Dodgers and the Dodgers point of view, like it's not a bad move just because they're, it's the Dodgers. Like if there's any team that could risk pool holes, it's them. But yeah, like, like you're saying, like it, it's ridiculous. Like, yeah, I mean, I just don't get you, it. And you also got to know that, I mean, I know it's a business, but you, the angels also invested so much money into you, so much money. And the production you, you gave them, frankly, is not even is not even close to what you yeah. should have done. Yeah, underperformed his entire and, career. And you like, could argue that's, I mean, that's the Angels front office fault for giving such a bad contract. But like, I mean, they, they were desperate. Like, they they were at a point where they had to like shell out money for a pool host who was one of the greatest hitters of our of our generation growing up. Yeah, and also, uh, so I know I don't I don't want to get too much into like theories and like hypotheticals and whatnot and what people think, but apparently, um, I listened to uh, David Sampson, who was an ex Marlins uh, GM on the Pat McAfee show about a month ago, and they were talking about the whole pool holes deal and everything like that. And Sampson said that, uh, and again, this is something that's been floating around the league for a while that. Everybody knew that Pujols was two years older than he actually says he is uh, because there's a lot of of questions around his birth certificate. So, again, with the Angels actually signing him at, what was he, like 30 when they signed him? Or 29, maybe? Like, can you imagine? Like, you're not giving a guy a 10-year deal when he's past his prime at 32. Like, that just doesn't happen. So, I don't really know the whole situation, but Pujols was definitely never the same player once he got to L.A. Yeah. Um, of course, the Dodgers. Also, you know, he was a Cardinals. <laughs> he was a Cardinals player, so I never was totally a fan of him. So you know, like I feel like I'm I'm in the right to not like him. Yeah, I mean, I also feel it, like so. I feel like Pools is like the perfect example of like a guy when they say like you never want to meet your heroes. Like just from like again, yeah. we don't know any, we don't know anything about him. Let me make that clear. We've never met him in person. Like I feel like Pools is just one of those guys where like probably not great like meeting fans. Like that's all I'm gonna say. <laughs> Leave it at that. Yeah. Um, but also, uh, breaking news, uh, as we're recording this podcast, and as we talked about Otani, he just hit another home run. He hit another one? 14? And not only not, not only was it a home run, it was an absolute bomb to center field, past, like, you know, like, the bushes, like, the hedges over oh, there, past that, and Otani literally, like, like, stocked it. Like, he hit it, knew it was a no-doubter. Started walking to first base and like nonchalantly dropped his bat. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. I love it. Uh, what's funny is you don't really you don't see a lot of uh, like foreign players, especially players from the KBO or uh, like the Japanese league. Like they don't they don't really like showboat a lot. But I love seeing that. Yeah, out of the show they're head. so they're so scared. And and yeah. uh, the one thing about the pandemic um, was that KBO was on before MLB came on because MLB obviously fumbled I remember that. that. And that's a whole yeah, that was so that's bad. a whole another. That's a whole other topic. Talk about that um, another day. But, but yeah, I was in such a need of watching sports because that it, that's my life. Uh, I I had I had to go to work, um, and it was before I was working early in the morning, and I just watched like an hour of it. And they were like talking about the KBO, and then the ESPN did a, like a podcast story on it. And um, yeah, like the KBO players are deathly afraid of 
American culture because <laughs> they don't understand, like they don't understand, um, like why it's such a big deal. You know what I mean? Like, like energy, obviously, like it started. Like yeah, like it started. Like like baseball was like like you didn't show about still like in in Korea, but there was like one player that started doing it, and it just like they're like yeah, like and it just became mm. like a part of their culture. Like and they got crazy about and that, it. Like, over that, there. And it's sick, and they should do that now because, like this podcast, our everyone's goal should be to grow the game and make it more interesting. And and you know what? And 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 you should never base your decisions off of like what you see on Twitter because Twitter is like the worst and best thing at the same time. Um, but if you just look at any Sports Center tweet about baseball, you'll get a bunch of trolls that just like say baseball's not a sport and blah 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 and blah and and it's just like it's so. And I don't know, like part part of it's probably like real because they just don't they don't watch baseball, they don't get it. And other is just like a just going along with a fad at this point. But we need to break that trend. Like we need to make it cool. And bat flips are cool. Make baseball cool again. Yeah. And like speaking of bat flips and uh, breaking the rules, you want to talk about Tony La Russa or? uh... Oh yeah, Yerman. Um, Shout out to Yerman, leading the league in average. Uh, he wasn't. I don't even think he was supposed to make camp. Like, uh, he was kind of a, sp- a surprise guy from yeah. the beginning of the season. Yeah. So, and... so Yerman actually uh was a catcher coming up through the league, and uh, supposedly I haven't. I'm not gonna say I've watched any film on him or anything like that. But apparently, he is like unusable behind the dish. So, if you if any of you play fantasy baseball, especially on Yahoo. If you own him on your team, you'll actually see that it only says utility. He doesn't have a position. He, he only has utility. Can't so, can confirm, yeah. Yeah. So, again, with Jose Abreu at first and Yasmani Grandal and Zach Collins platooning behind the plate, Yerman can only DH. And when he came up and he got an opportunity and he showed out and he's continued to show out, and at the end of the year, this is another thing I want to talk about with, I don't know, what we're talking about is uh, Yerman hit a 3-0 bomb last night off of a, a position player and Tony La Russa came out today and was basically hawking his own player telling him like, Oh, he shouldn't have done that. He didn't need to do that. Well, at the end of the year, uh, Yerman is still pre-arbitration. So he's still on a rookie salary. And so he'll be, he'll be fighting for, for all the money he can get And that home run. You know, maybe he hits 30 this year and that kept him from hitting 29. So. Yeah. And that's, and that's so, and you know that La Russa is so out of touch, and I also have many reasons for not liking him because obviously the Cardinals manager, yeah. right? Um, also, he just doesn't seem like a friendly dude. I don't want to like drop name name calling him, but you know, my, I might I'm call not, that's him just, like a D that's word. So rude. He might. He might hear <laughs> this, Kyle, and he's gonna he's gonna report you. He's gonna cancel our podcast. I don't even. Th- uh, he, there's no way he knows what a podcast is. Absolutely there's not. No I would shot. Like, I would like Tony La Russa to take like a like a like a quiz about like what is Twitter? Like what is Facebook? Like I would love to see that. I would also like uh Tony I also like Tony to stop drinking and driving too. Shouldn't Uh, do that, Tony. (laughs) He talks about character like clauses and everything and like judging his players and everything like that. But I mean I think he's gotta do a little self reflection himself. Like I don't also when when that happened, (laughs) did you see the report when uh when uh the cop pulled him over and he was like, You know I am, right? Like I'm a Hall of Famer. Like, you cannot pull a bigger, like, I can't even, I'm not going to say it. Like, you cannot pull a bigger, like, a worse move than that right there. That's that's so bad. Yeah, because you're a Hall of Famer. You can uh, drink and drive, Tony. Good job. Yeah, good that's job. How, that's, that's what we're teaching the kids these days, like, the young <laughs> core of the, the White Sox. Hall of Famers. Hall of Famers drink and drive. 
I didn't say but, that. But, yeah, the point is he's so out of touch. And there's also, like, I forget what the exact scenario was, but there was a situation this year where he had no idea of the new rules. Um, oh, yeah, that was – it was between uh, the Cubs when uh, – when, <laughs> or, or what? I don't know if it was against the Cubs, but uh, – No, David no it wasn't the Cubs, but uh, – yeah, no, it was it wasn't against the Cubs because they haven't played yet, but it was like it was like two scenarios of I think it happened on the same day where David Ross, um, I know what he, I know what David Ross is. So David Ross, uh, like uh, Ian Happ was dealing with uh, with an injury and um, he was not going to play, um, and he was benched for that day, but uh, the pitcher was coming up, so he they put Ian Happ in the batting in like the on deck the, on deck circle, yeah. And uh, knowing for a fact that he was not gonna not gonna come in, and they uh, made uh, they made him pitch to uh, whoever's batting. I forget what happens, but like I mean, like completely confused, completely yeah. confused the other team. And uh, after the game, like didn't David Ross say something about like, oh yeah, he's he's learning the rules and he's knowing the rules and everything. And then uh, that same day, uh, Tony La Russa came out and said, oh, I don't know the rules, and basically just like. That's that to me just shows a lack of disrespect to the game. Even though, like, you could say he's somebody who should respect the game more than anybody, being kind of like the old head kind of mindset. Still, like, I don't understand yeah. how you can just show a complete lack of like care for for trying to adapt and learn new rules. And the other thing with Tony Russo is that's that's on the White Sox completely. I'm not saying Tony Russo oh, yeah. is a bad manager. He could work perfectly well. Like, if you put him back on the Cardinals right now, I would tell you he'd be a great manager. But knowing the energy that that White Sox club brings every day, and you got a lot of young Hispanic players, and they they just love the game and they play with like that is that is their culture is like that high intensity, high energy, and that culture is so yeah. hard to find and keep that you bring a manager in who is the complete polar opposite of your ball club. It's I'm surprised the White Sox are still doing so well. I'll just leave it at that. Yeah, well, I also like I have a theory on that, but um, yeah, with him, with Larusa, with the Cardinals, like, I mean, as much as I hate the Cardinals, like they're they're they have his, like some historical like roots in there, like they have they already have a system, right? Like they have they've always had a good farm system. They've always had this like type of attitude where like everyone is just like professionals there, and I, I mean yeah. that could also be like with like Adam Wainwright. Um, I hate Yadier Molina, but like he's one of the all time he's he's one of the all time great like baseball players. Like with attitude, like the lead the leadership, like I mean he he's been around for so long for a reason. Yeah, and, I mean even if you like, look at the- that, like he he and that that could be like you know that Larusa could have been the one that instilled that into him, and like credit to him, like he's Larusa is a isn't a bad. Like he's not a bad coach, he's not a bad baseball mind. Like, but he doesn't know how to adapt, and like that is the whole thing about like just you know the future itself. Like, like every single thing in life in general, like it changes, it adapts, and you have to move along with it. You can't stay in the past, or you'll be like left in the dust. You know what I mean? And and yeah. look at like Dust Dusty Baker with the with the Astros. Dusty Baker is an old timer, right? But like. You don't see any problems with him. Like he goes with the flow. Like Dusty Baker, also Cubs manager, love Dusty. Like he he's one of those guys that's also a, like a good player manager that knows like like how to treat his talent out of the young guys. And, and if Larusa was with a really like the Royals or something like that, then it's different. But you are going to a team that has a young core that's kind of already established and already has a quote unquote and this is air quotes MVP and Jose Abreu. Um, a shot to you, Max. 
Yeah, uh, shout out Max, White Sox fan. <laughs> um, but yeah, I mean, like you, like the White Sox have they have this core, have this young guy. You have a really fun guy in Tim Anderson, and not only a fun guy. Like let's, let's face it here, he's 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 African American. You know, like it's a whole another dynamic, especially in Chicago, and especially with Tony Larusso as an old white guy. Like you know, it just doesn't it doesn't fit. Like it doesn't fit, and and you, you're this old hard ass that comes in and gets mad at Yerman, who's just trying to like, you know, make more money at the end of the day. It's just you're supposed to back up your guys. Like yeah, exactly. Like, no you gotta matter back what, up your guys. And like, go back to what you're saying. Like, adapt or die. Basically, like that's that's baseball now. Like, when you're younger, when yeah. you're in high school, when you, when you get to college, like at every level, like you either adapt or or you're done. Like baseball will tell you you're done. And like I, I think Tony Larusa, like I understand, I understand. Like on the outside, maybe the White Sox were like, "Yeah, like this is a great idea, like Hall of Fame guy, like let's bring him in, let's like let's let's make sure we have a good ball club." But at the end of the day, I just I just don't think it will pay off at the end of the year. Yeah, so like I said, I think the White Sox will, they will, they have the best record right now, right in the NAL. Yeah, I'm pretty um, sure they, that uh, they will make the playoffs. They'll win the division easily. Uh, I don't think MLB a has that, them, but currently has them ranked number one in the power rankings. And it also doesn't help that the uh, division winner from the previous two years, the Twins, are 13 and like 27 right now. Yeah, that's they, they just can't. Uh, figure they also it out. have the highest uh, run differential, which that I mean, that's an indicator that you have a lot of talent. Yeah. Um, but like I think, like you're saying, like it's like when it comes to the playoffs. That's a whole another beast. Like you yeah. could be, you could be the freaking the Mariners in two thousand one. That doesn't matter. Like it's yeah, shout, there's a whole other there's a whole other mindset, and the and the Cubs almost did the same thing. Like in twenty sixteen, like they were they were the best team in baseball, and there was times where they struggled, but that team was so close and so like like well well constructed all together. Like like that's I mean they came back from. They came back from against the Dodgers. They almost, they almost like fumbled against the Giants a little bit. They came back in the, the top of the ninth. They came back from a three-one in the World Series, and I mean, I was going to compare Madden and Larusa. I mentioned that earlier. So Madden was brought in in 2015, and that's when uh, John Lester was was the first guy that was signed. And we also could talk about him a little bit because he. I said, want to talk about your conundrum. Yeah, we'll we'll do that after this, but um, but yeah. So like, Lester was the first guy, right? So absolutely love Lester. That was like the key turning point as a Cubs fan. Like, okay, like we're we're going for this. We got a young core of like really talented prospects coming up. Now we bring in Joe Madden, who has experience with the Rays, that knows what to do with young guys, and has gone to a World Series. So like, I can trust him there. Bring him into a super talented core that's young, and let them play. Like, let them be them. Let and, and you know what I mean, like. And that's yep. what, what, what brought him to a World Series ultimately. And then after that, like I think, uh, you know, like that that World Series was so big in sports history. I think they got a little too big for their britches, and you know, stuff happened. They kind of went point. downhill. Can we? Yeah, can we but talk you know, about but the... that 2016 season was 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 like that. Like Joe Madden's approach, and I don't think he was that great of a manager. Like honestly, like, I don't think he was that good. And a lot of people told me that the whole entire time. And he even he was even really bad in the World Series. Like taking out Hendricks in game seven over using Chapman. Um, there, I mean, there's plenty of examples of like bad, poor managing, but like at the end of the day, like he had every single player's backs, every single player loved Joe Madden and every single player never gave up, fought the entire time. And I don't, there's, I don't, 
get that with Larusa. Like I don't think the White Sox will be able to do that once they because there will be trouble along the way. Like yeah, everyone I, had slumps and all that. that. And that that leads back to the the MLB as a whole right now does a terrible job marketing the game. If uh, if any of you have yeah. MLB.tv or anything like that, uh, if you try to watch a game that like say say you're in North Carolina, right, and you try to watch a Braves game and it's a home game, right. You will not be able to watch the game because you are in the blackout restriction, and that is just completely like blasphemous. Like I don't understand how you you you're basically losing fans because we literally cannot watch a baseball game. It's brutal. And the other thing with the MLB is that they always they this whole past year they've been marketing let the kids play, let the kids play, let the kids play. But as soon as a player shows any emotion, like like Castellanos on the Reds, if they immediately oh, yeah. suspend him, shut him down, like. That's that is literally like Tony Larusa, Tony Larusa and his ball club right now is basically the MLB and letting players have fun. That is pretty much what's going yeah. on. Yeah, I but, mean, I I agree with you completely. Yeah, so let's let's talk about your uh, your uh, teary eyed moment with Schwarber yeah. and Lester and their regular reunion. Yeah, so I mean, you've already could see my passion with the Cubs. So I mean, you're gonna get yeah, that a lot. I can I don't know um, if you can tell what that rant right there about uh, Joe Madden in 2016. I love Joe. Um, yeah. And I, I'm still going to root for Joe no matter what. Like, that's my guy. Shout out Dexter Fowler, too. Um, really sucks that he tore his ACL. But yeah. yeah poor Angels. This so, year. John Lester and Kyle Schwarber are obviously with the Nationals now. So, they came back to Wrigley uh, last night, which is today is the 18th. So, it was the 17th. And they did a tribute. Shit hurt. Like, it, my, it, I, was, I was a little. I was upset, I'm not gonna lie. But like the conundrum comes in where it's like, I don't want to see Lester struggle, but I also want runs. So when Lester's pitching, like Jason Hayward hit a opposite field home run. And like it's good to see, like, because Hayward's obviously hasn't been the best hitter. Um he'll show uh, yeah, moments. Since but you like, guys gave him that big contract. Yeah. <laughs> yeah of course. Um <laughs> But uh, he had a he had a nice home run, and I was like, yes, like I cheered, and then I was like, I mean, like, oh, John. See the thing about like, Lester, like, you know, though, like at this point, Lester's like he's he's an old guy, like he's yeah. he's gonna struggle. Like I feel like it would have been okay for you to be like, all right, Lester, like I yeah. love and you. He, Our time's passed. Let's move forward. And he hasn't been bad this year, you know. Like he he, yeah, no, he hasn't been COVID list early. Yeah, he, he he's always he's always serviceable. And the the biggest thing about Lester is. In the postseason, he's a he's a whole another beast. Like he he's always performed well in the postseason, and I don't really think that's going to matter with the Nats. I was going to um, say, you think that matters this year? No, I mean they not have. Really. I have to say, I I don't understand the the Cubs getting rid of Shore. I didn't think he was going to cost that much to bring back. I don't know if if you can enlighten me a little bit about why they don't need Schwarber. I understand his defense is terrible, but I felt like there could have been a place somewhere not on even that, that. for him. And I think that's and I and you got to give Schwarber credit because he worked really hard on his defense and he has one of the best arms in the outfield. Like like people continue to try to run on him and he like he's he led the he was at least in the top five in the league in like just like putouts and, yeah. and actual like and assists like all together. So I mean like he has like he gets a lot of traffic and he and he and people try to run on him because he has that reputation and he can throw him out and uh but so he's like his his fielding hasn't actually been that bad so it's not that. What it was is his strikeout, like to like you know like strikeout making the contact ratio. Yeah. Let's go. And as I'm saying that, Ian Happ hit a home run. Shout out Ian Happ. Um, All right. Me and Kyle actually but, made yeah, a trade I mean, earlier like, this year with Ian Happ. 
I kept him on my roster, and you know, it's, it's paying off. Uh, <laughs> but yeah, um, it's just because of his, his lack of contact, and it's it's the whole lineup itself that's like that. And I guess Schwarber, they just didn't want to, they didn't see his value anymore, and didn't want to pay him what he probably deserved. But I, and will I say get this. that. So like whatever. I will say this about Schwarber's. I. I remember watching the draft when he got when he got picked up, and he was really early, right? He was like the sixth overall pick or something like that. Mm-hmm. Can you tell me? Like, are you, I'm asking, like, was he like the sixth overall pick? I don't remember. He was the fourth. Fourth. The okay. Fourth. Yeah. So yeah. I remember. I remember seeing that and watching the draft that night. Harold Reynolds and all of them were saying like, "That is a terrible pick by the Cubs." Like the guy yeah, people didn't like, like the a, pick. I remember that. Like a late first rounder, early second rounder. And then by the end of the year, he was coming up and he was hitting bombs. He looked amazing. And then, of course, next year he tore his ACL. Then he came back and helped yeah. you guys win a World Series. So at the end of the day, even even though Kyle Schwarber is no longer a Cub, I feel like what he did for the franchise, you know, at the end of the day, you want to oh, win yeah. a World Series. It's justifiable at this point. And, I, like, Kyle Schwarber, like, will always be remembered as a Cub to most people. So, Oh, for sure. I, I will never identify him as a national Unless unless he like becomes like an MVP, then I mean, good for him. I'll, yeah, good, good for him, him at that point. <laughs> yeah, but um, but yeah, like the fact that he tore his ACL, it was literally the first series of the year. He collided with uh, Fowler in the outfield. It was in it was um, in Arizona, I think, right? Yeah, um, which is crazy. Like the the Cubs were that good and didn't have Schwarber. Like like yeah. they were so incredible that year. And that was and they had when... Jason Hayward, who was who wasn't even hitting well. Like you know I mean, like like that's how talented that team was. That that was back when um, they were thinking Schwarber was uh, like a perennial MVP candidate too. Like they thought this guy was going to hit like forty five bombs a year. Yeah, and and side note, that was also like Jorge Soler barely touched the field, which I know we'll talk about him a little bit <laughs> too. Power, um, yeah. Um. But yeah, like the fact that he came back from a torn ACL made like he was on the World Series roster in the same year and bad. Like he was hit over three hundred. Yeah, like, he's a good like, hitter. <laughs> yeah, like, like not only to miss a whole entire year and then to go to the biggest stage of baseball itself and to hit three hundred, especially in a series that uh, didn't start off well for your team. Like, uh, I mean, legend, <laughs> like absolute legend. Kyle Schwarber is also like a guy's guy, like a beer drinker, like a dude I want a beer with. Like, <laughs> absolutely, like he's Indiana man. Like Indiana, which is very very close to Chicago. Like that's why people, the like Cubs fans. That's why Cubs fans have such like also admiration for him, just because like a home, like sort of a hometown guy, close, yeah, enough, close enough, you know. Like, yeah, yeah. Talk about um, talk about perennial like MVP candidates and people think are going to be perennial MVPs. I am I am really high on the Mariners' uh, newest addition, uh, Jared Kelnick. Mm. I love oh, yeah. Kelnick. Uh, he was the number four prospect in MLB before getting the call up this year. He was uh, drafted in the first round by the Mets, and he was traded to the Mariners for Robinson Cano and Edwin Diaz. And I know hindsight's twenty twenty. At the time, it was still a bad trade for the Mets, in my opinion. You know, but uh, Kelnick like raked in the minors. He played three years uh, in six hundred ninety at bats. He uh, had thirty one homers, one hundred and fifteen RBIs, and swiped thirty seven bags while hitting two ninety three. Like that's. That's raw talent right there. You're, we're talking about a guy who I would even say by the end of this year, even though he came up late, I would say 2020 guy at least. And, you know, potential 30-30 guy, MVP candidate type of – like that's what type of player I think Kelnick is. I'm excited to watch him. Oh, yeah. I And especially uh, him hitting his first home run with his parents in the crowd. Uh, that was dope. 
Like you always, you every every single year, I look forward to like seeing like at least it at least happens like at least ten ten times a year, right? Where like <laughs> a guy gets called up and then they hit a home run, and then they 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 interview their their parents, and then it's just emotional. It definitely it feels never like gets it. old. Yeah, it never gets old though, right? Like it's dope. Um, I love it. I love it. Yeah, <laughs> yeah but it's also oh, jinx. Um, yeah. but it's not even that. It's also like yeah, like he's the number four prospect in baseball. The Mariners have. There was a there was a stretch of years where Mariners were supposed to be good and they never panned out and now they're back into a full rebuild like whole rebuild mode and and that was kind of like the start of them going back into rebuild mode was getting him in a trade and it's and it looks like it you know could it could have worked out so like good for the Mariners that that they started to rebuild and they actually might have done it correctly. Well, they have they have they I'm I'm gonna go on a limb here and say in the next two or three years they could potentially have one of, if not the best outfields in baseball. Uh, Kyle Lewis, you know, was the rookie of the year last year. I'm not saying he was the best rookie of the year ever because I'm not, honestly, not extremely high on Kyle Lewis. Uh, you know, they brought up Kelnick. You know, the prospects don't pan out, but I think Kelnick will be all right. And then they have another super young prospect. His name's Julio Rodriguez. Another, like, top oh, yeah. 20 prospect in MLB. He should be making his debut by next year. At that point, you got three young retainable guys, like all very athletic, like very quick guys. If if they continue, they the Mar- I'd look out for the Mariners. They could be lethal. Yeah, and we also said that like five years ago. So take that I mean, with a grain of salt. Yeah, <laughs> it happens all the time. But you know, they also they they brought up Logan Gilbert the other day too. He was a top fifty MLB prospect. He was a number uh, four prospect in the Mariners system. Uh, he did all right, but yeah. you know, we'll see what happens. He got he got a lot of uh, Verlander comps in his first start, uh, you know. But take that with a grain of salt too, because you know they compare everybody to like Pedro or Verlander, or, you know, like Randy Johnson. And stuff yeah, like that. I just I hope the Mariners. It'd be it'd be better for baseball if they do actually uh, become relevant again. Well, that's why like I'm I'm not a Yankee fan by no means, and I don't I do not cheer for the Yankees at all. But I'm a full blown believer that the Yankees being good is good for baseball. Like, if the Yankees are good, it helps baseball because there's so many Yankee fans out there that, like, get more into it. It gets more traction, gets more views. Like I said, I don't hope they win the whole thing, but I definitely, the Yankees, like, I hope they oh, yeah. pick it up a little bit. Yeah, because also, like, so many, it's, it's, they're the team that everyone loves. Or you either love them or you hate them. Like, there's, yeah, there's really, like, it's very rare that you're in between the Yankees. They, like, you love to hate the Yankees. Um, yeah, and it's and it's kind of like the kind of like the Lakers in basketball. Like, um, it's just literally the same thing, right? Yeah, pretty um, much. Yeah, and yeah. So... I mean, and I and I and it's something. It is something about watching the Yankees too. Like, is it's not even the Yankees itself. It's the Yankees fans suck, and it's the same thing with the Lakers fans. <laughs> like, it's it's the fans that are just they are the worst fan base in baseball. It's, you can't and talk it's not to the Yankees fans. They can't talk to them. Like it's just no. like some now some I'll say there's some out there that are all right, but most of them you know yeah. they were so high on Gary Sanchez a couple years ago and now they're they're turning trash. heel on him real quick and they're just <clears throat> trash. trashing. Yeah, yeah. I mean he's trash. I agree. You, you can't. Oh, get, also can't uh, speaking of like, the Yankees, Stan man, Stan can't. Stan finally, and I was listening. Uh, I was listening to Starting Nine too, and they were talking about it like where it sucks where. Like Stanton, every time you see him start to perform well, in the back of your mind, you just you just know he's gonna yeah. get injured again, and it sucks. And it, it sucks that he's got to this point because you've seen like, especially as as a Marlins fan, right? Like you saw him as MVP season, 
Like you can see what he can do when he's healthy. I mean, you got to You got to realize same thing with same thing with Otani, right? Like, mm-hmm. can those like both of the world amount of talent, but can they stay healthy for a year just to 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 prove it? And it's at a point where you you trade for him, take a big massive contract, and you're at a point where it's like you just get frustrated because you don't get to see him play. You got to realize who you're talking to here, Kyle. I watched this man when he was That's Mike true. Stanton in like 2010. Shout out and Mike Stanton. Shout out Mike Stanton. But uh, you know, as a Marlins fan, I I knew what was what we what you were getting with Stanton, and he had a lot of power. Yeah. You know, insane amount of power. He was a good outfielder, cannon for an arm. Um, he had his one. He was hurt like almost every year he came up in the league, and then he had his. He went on that MVP run. I think it was 2014. Before he got hit in the face by Mike Fires, was about 30 games left in the season, mm. and that ultimately Brutal opened too. the door for for Kershaw to win the MVP. That was a brutal injury. Uh, see, but that that took Stan out that year. He was healthy that year, and then that was just extremely unfortunate. And then we didn't get another healthy season from him until he won the MVP for us. And as a Marlins yeah. fan, when we traded Stanton, I'm not going to say I was that upset because at that point I was so frustrated. I was ready for a rebuild. I knew what Stanton was because I know a lot of people didn't pay attention to the Marlins. Stanton got hurt a lot, and he got and he hit a lot of I call them garbage time home runs. It's like in like the seventh inning, like we're down by like seven, and it hit like a two run bomb. Yeah, like that's the type of home run Stanton hits. And I just Not felt clutch. like he was never clutch. That's, and yeah, that's the opposite of how I view Bryce Harper. By the way, like um, I'm sorry. My dog's also running in circles, so I apologize if you hear her. Um, but uh, <laughs> yeah, like like Bryce Harper, I, I I love his swagger. I love them as a dude, but like I feel like he just hits super clutch home runs, and everyone's just like, "Oh yeah, Bryce Harper's a really really like he's he's so good, dude." And then he'll just like strike out. See, my like, thing with Harper time, is but like, like he'll be clutch. My thing with Harper is that like I, when he first came up in the league, I'm not gonna lie, I was like a Harper hater. I hated everything about Harper. I did not like him. Well, it's also but in your division, so that makes that's a true sense. too. That that helps. But um, as he as he kind of got in the league longer and he got older, I like I've actually really started to like Harper, and he's still in my division. He plays for the Phillies. I hate the Phillies. And the thing with yeah. Harper is like I feel at this point he went from being called so overrated for so long. That now I think he's a legitimate, still like top twenty, top thirty player in the league, and I don't think he gets the respect he deserves still. And that that's that's my opinion. I yeah. feel like you're just saying the opposite when he just hits clutch homers and that's it. But I actually have turned into yeah, kind of like a Harper fan. I don't know. Fan. I just yeah, I don't know. Yeah, I mean, I guess we could disagree there, and that's good. You know, we can't always agree with each other, but yeah, I, mean, I just yeah. Think I mean, what fun would it be if we just agree with each other all the time, Kyle? But uh, um, yeah. but also I could I could also see like how like I love Juan Soto like I think his antics are hilarious but I could also see like if yeah, in NL East I would hate him I would really hate him I respect Juan Soto because he's he's younger than me and he's arguably now I'm gonna say this he's arguably the best hitter in the game like best pure hitter in terms of not striking out walking putting up great at bats every time like he I can't yeah. imagine what he's gonna be like when he's 27 years old. But um, yeah. I mean, and talk about Har- talk about Harper, how he leaves, and then the the Nationals win the World Series. I mean, with, they uh, they decided to they decided to spend money on pitchers instead, and at the end of the day, that's what won the championship. They brought yeah. in Corbin. Obviously, Corbin's not very good now, but I mean that they went on a run, and uh, actually, they went on a run because Trent Grissom let a ball fly by him in the ninth or that was it like the eighth inning in a wild card game, 
And that's that's why the white the Nationals even made it that far because of a wild card game yeah. blunder. Won the whole thing. Yeah. Um yeah. I I mean I also could say like uh for our first for our first episode together, we're a little all over the place, but I also feel like that's because we kind of started late and we just have so much to talk about, so um, I'm not gonna say I'm sorry for uh, for being all over the place, yeah, but I'm not you're sorry. Just have to deal with our passion. Yeah, yeah, you, we got a lot to talk um, about. Yeah, and I and I feel like uh, and I feel like as we continue, we'll have more structure, and you'll you'll see that. But uh, I do want I do want to end the podcast with you some stud. Right oh yeah, no, I want to end it with some stud or spuds. Yeah, let's <laughs> bring some structure back. Let's bring some structure uh, back. Yeah, I do spuds. apologize. Um, we we do we are dealing with a little bit of like a, a lag here between us. So if it sounds like we're talking over each other, it's not on purpose. There's just a slight lag. Yeah, we're an hour away. Usually we're a lot farther away, but now we're only an hour away. Yeah. So yeah. So we have we're gonna have a, a couple different segments, but on this podcast we're gonna gonna introduce uh basically it's called stud or spuds, right? You're either a stud or you're a spud, you know. So this is basically we're gonna basic take... basic as hell, but uh. Damn it, does it work? Yeah, Damn it, absolutely. does this content work? Absolutely. And we'll post our studs or spuds of the week on Twitter every week. You can go check that out again, like I said earlier, at the cleanup365. Um, so our studs, you know, guys we believe in, guys who are off to hot starts, who we think are going to keep it up. And then we have our spuds, who can be guys who are off to hot starts, but we think are either not going to keep it up or just like not re- like not really that good at the moment. And players who we think are just are just not going to have a good season in general. Um, so I'll start out with our with our first stud. That'd be the the Marlins front runner, rookie of the year candidate, uh, Trevor Rogers. You got a lefty throwing high nineties, big strikeout guy. At the moment, he's five and two with a one eight four ERA, and uh, he's got fifty seven Ks to seventeen walks. At, unless the Marlins put an inning limit on him, I don't see him slowing down anytime soon. Hmm. And um, obviously, you have a little bit more of idea of how good he was before. I got introduced to him kind of a little bit last year, um, obviously because he came in the majors. But uh, this year, I kind of my eyes were open. Like I, I, <laughs> I didn't think he was bad, but I, I actually think this guy he is a definite stud. He's he's got the stuff. Especially like, as a he's lefty, got, he's got the pure stuff which you cannot teach. Yeah. Like, He's he's a lefty that throws ninety eight. Like, what more do I need to say? Like, you don't see that unless he's yeah. like a reliever mostly nowadays. And so Trevor Rogers actually, I don't know how much you watched him last year. I know you said you didn't see that much. He actually wasn't good last year. He was a top ten Marlins hmm. prospect coming up to the to the system. He got brought up late last year. He got a couple starts under his belt. Uh, yeah, he, he had an ERA like above six. He wasn't good. And that was mainly because uh, he had to walk issues. Like he he threw hard, and like I said, he's got stuff, but he could not control. He had no idea where it was going, and so he'd walk a couple guys here and there. And next thing you know, he was a fastball down the middle. It's a three run homer, and that's the biggest change that's pretty much happened from Rogers from last year to this year. Is he has really figured out his command issues, and he's starting to go deeper into games. Like he, we're starting to see him six, seven innings in a start instead of maybe going like four or five after throwing a hundred pitches. Yeah, that's also like experience too, right? Like, I mean, you if you're in the major, especially in a really weird year, we could always you'd always look back at last year as like uh, as an excuse, like that's uh, you know, like yeah. like Yelich hit like what, under two hundred, right, or yeah, at two hundred, yeah. like he hit like a buck ninety four. Like, like I mean, like yeah, so you can always throw that as an excuse as like not a real year, um, but also like 
I mean, at least with some some experience and and so you know what I mean. Like at least he got a little bit. So I mean, yeah, he's definitely a whole another player this year. You got to remember this too. Last year they didn't have minor league baseball last year, so Trevor Rogers oh, when he true, came yeah. when he came up late, like they were only playing against like inter squad and like other Marlins teammates. So when he came up last year, that was like his first like competition. And so that I mean I'm not yeah, making excuses for anybody. Think of a mental block tough. that is, yeah. Like think think about like, especially not even getting like that actual game, like you know like like think about it mentally, like not even physically on your body, but like you know what I mean like that. I'm sure that's what his problem was. Absolutely, like I I have faith in him that he's definitely going to be able to to finish out the rest of the year strong. Um, it's just honestly just going to determine what type of inning limit the Marlins put on him because. We have Sixto coming back too. He should hopefully be coming back by like mid June, and I know Sixto is going to be on a limit. So maybe we'll run a six man rotation out there. You don't never you never know. Yeah. You want to introduce our next stud, Kyle? Um. Yeah. Next stud, a, an actual good pitcher from the Orioles. <laughs> get get this guys. And I know he was he was good last year, but uh, this year I mean, one of the best pitchers in baseball right now. Absolute stud. John Means, basically, he should have had a he should have had a perfect game, right? Like, but uh, yeah, no hitter, a four zero win win loss record, one point two one ERA, fifty three to ten K walk ratio. Uh, guys, just a stud. Also a lefty, right? Like, yeah, also a lefty. lefty. We yeah. got a little trend here. I'm not gonna lie, I don't watch that many Orioles games, so I can't tell you that much about John Means. Uh, uh me neither. I just. I just I just know the man's a stud. Yeah, but he was he was fairly good for the Orioles last year, and Baltimore's not really a pitcher friendly park. So, for the fact that he's got like even this far in this, we're a month and a half into the season, he's still got a sub two ERA. That's pretty impressive. And if if nobody watched uh, or if anybody watched the uh, the no hitter, you would you'll see what Kyle was talking about. The only runner he allowed on base was a drop third strike rule, which I think should be eliminated from baseball altogether. But you know. It's one of those games where it should have been a perfect game, but wasn't. It's and quirky. It happened every year. Yeah. Quirky. It's, okay. It's a quirky rule. <laughs> so are you for it? Yeah, or against us character. Um, I'm not, I don't really have an opinion on it. Like, I don't hate it or love it. Like, it is what it is. See, as a, as like, a if player. Got, if they got rid of it, like, it, yeah, I'm sure as a player, like, it, it sucks. Like, I can get that. But as a fan, like, you know, like, unless, unless I get put in a situation like that where my team gets screwed. Oh yeah, absolutely. I'll change my opinion. But <laughs> nothing's really happened to me, so I don't, as a, I don't as a really player, on it. um, you know, I had my fair share of strikeouts, like when I was playing. And I'll tell you this: drop through strikes, getting to first base, it it wasn't a good feeling. Like, <laughs> like you got there and you just felt like you did not earn that, and it it just felt terrible. And on defense, on the defense side, every time it happened, it was just like the most frustrating thing in the world, and you felt like the ending was going to blow up after it. So. That's one rule in baseball that if you're going to change something, change the drop third strike. I really don't like it. <laughs> yeah. So, I, then I, our, what, what's up? I feel that. So oh, I feel, feel that, that? <laughs> but, but uh, I don't play. So, uh, keep it. Keep it because it's quirky. That's my, that's my take. No, GG's. Uh, so, <laughs> our final stud of the week is uh, Jared Walsh. And uh, I'm like a like a closet Angels fan too. I've been an Angels fan for like a decade now. I've always liked them, but even before they had Trout over there. Uh, but I was I was huge on Jared Walsh last year. Um, I loved him when he came up. I thought he just was a pure hitter, one of those guys who could just mash. 
Uh, so far this year, he's hitting 343, has a 414 on base with a 990 OPS. Basically, when we put that in perspective, for those of you who don't know, OPS is when you add your on base plus your slugging percentage together. Anything like 800s means like you're like an okay hitter in the league. Anything above 900, you're like an all star. If you have an OPS of around a thousand, like you should be like MVP conversation type of player. But he's also got mm-hmm. seven homers and 30 RBIs this year. Another fun fact about Walsh is that uh, since the start of last year, I actually got this from MLB Random Stats on Twitter. Uh, since the start of last year, he actually leads all of baseball in RBIs with 57. Jeez. So Walsh is basically the reason that Pujols got kicked out the door. That's basically, we're going to leave it there. And he should. <laughs> yeah. And yeah, get out of your pools. Yeah, get out of your pools. Nobody wants you here anymore. So, uh, um, yeah. That was our studs. We're going to go into our spuds now. Yeah, trash. Trash, trash players. You suck. Garbage cans. Dog water. First one, um, you know what? First one I'm going to bring up, and it's because. It's because I, I known him, all right. Like <laughs> I, I've I've known him for for a minute, Jorge Soler. Um, obviously he came up in the Cub system. He was on that World Series team. Um, uh, but the year the year before that, he uh, it was him and this this guy named Junior Lake. This is the years <laughs> before we were good. Um, right. I remember Junior, Junior Lake. Lake. Like, oh yeah, like look at these these guys have uh they have power. Like you know, like and at that point, like the Cubs weren't good. So I was like, I was willing to grasp onto anything so there's a point where i thought solaire was gonna be uh, a good player for us then they just got way too way too many good positional players they they signed hayward um they signed zobris they could move bryant in the outfield um i mean they had fowler for a minute and then they lost him then they had almora you know what i mean like there's just too much of a log jam so they traded him for was it was it i think it was a way david yeah it was for yeah, way, it was davis, way davis which yeah, he was part of the trade yeah which Wade Davis worked out for a year, and then, you know, yeah. they didn't resign him. But so I, hey, funny you uh, brought up. My bad. No, go for it. You you brought up Junior Lake, and I just want to say like I will never forget Junior Lake because I remember watching a Marlins game and he he hit a no doubter at Marlins Park, and he pimped the hell out of it. And I remember yeah. he was he jogged around the bases, and we had like the Marlins were beefing with him after after that, and that was I will never forget Junior Lake after watching that game, and the guy ended up being a scrub, but you know, whatever. Jorge yeah, Soler figured it, out a no, little bit. No, no reason for uh, no reason for him to ever like try to show up a team. Absolutely not. Even even with the Marlins at the time, which you know, they weren't good. Yeah. Um, yes. Yeah, neither were the Cubs. So like, there's no point. There's no point of that. And uh, he did have like a stretch where he hit like eight home runs and like. Like twenty games, so maybe it was during that stretch, and he was just feeling himself. Maybe, maybe I guess. I, mean, uh, I just hey, remember every every shout year. Out fan, Lake. Shout out Junior Lake, everybody. Junior Lake, if you're listening to this, uh, I, I do not apologize for calling you a scrub. Uh, but uh, um, I definitely <laughs> should add him to the um, the most random players. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, we we put a, <laughs> we put together a most random player list on Twitter. You should go check it out. Uh, add your own to it. Just want to see what everybody thinks. I wanted to say another thing about Jorge Soler was for like a span of like three straight years, everybody who drafted him on his fan on their fantasy team named their fantasy team Solar Power. Like every year I felt like I saw that. I mean, it's the easiest name in the world. Like why wouldn't yeah. you? Yeah. I mean, I understand that. I mean if you look at his if you look at his years, 
he legit just had that one year in Kansas City where he hit 48 bombs. Like, that's it. He hasn't done anything Listen. else since then. Not all of us can have uh, Diamond Mike Trout as our name, all right? All right, you're right. My bad. But, uh, yeah, yeah, so we didn't we didn't elaborate too much on Soler right there. Uh, but this year he's only got three homers and he's hitting oh, a yeah, buck 99. There's, there's nothing else to really talk about there. He's not doing much for the, uh, yeah. for the Royals right now. And, and obviously, previously, he... Uh, before COVID hit 40 home runs. I mean, like he showed, he showed promise as a power hitter, but I mean, sometimes, sometimes as a power hitter, you, you take a risk of too many strikeouts. And that's what they're kind of getting right now. That pretty much, yeah, it happened. So our next spud is not necessarily a bad player right now. It's just somebody who we think, at least I think is, is fooling everybody. And that's Brandon Crawford. And as we're talking, Brandon Crawford just hit his 10th homer of the season. And we're like 35 games into the season right now. And Brandon Crawford has, has never had a track record of being a big homer guy. His career high was 21, and he, he did that in 2015. He never hit more than 20 homers in any other season. Uh, like I say, he's got 10 already, and he, we're 35 games in. The man's 34 years old, Kyle. Like, where did this power surge come from? You have to, you have to convince me. He's juicing, obviously. You think he's juicing? Um, <laughs> I, I don't know. Maybe he just, uh, maybe he changed his diet. Maybe he's on the TV twelve. I don't know. You know I mean, you have to do something because Brandon Crawford was a guy that like you forget about. And I thought like, if you would have told me Brandon Crawford was out of the league like, like last year, I would have been like, I would have thought about it for a second. I'd be like, is he still on the Giants? Like, I could, I would have, I would have think about it. Honestly, the Giants are such like a forgettable. I I wouldn't say they're not a forgettable organization because they've had the stretch of like three World Series, obviously, and they, they always had like a like a star player, right? So there's always yeah. one player, but every other like role or complementary player is just so forgettable. Like, I mean, they, <laughs> they have one of the best rotations in the National League right now in terms of ERA. Oh yeah, and their top three guys are Kevin Gosman. Alex Wood and Anthony Descafani. So shout out, you tell me how many times Alex you heard Wood. that. <laughs> yeah, shout um, out Alex Wood. I mean, that's also more of like a like honestly, that was kind of like a backhanded compliment for the Giants for being able to um, just have these guys that come up that aren't except for like Buster Posey. Um, but like, I, I don't remember any guys that came up that were just like for sure like star-studded guys prospects and then like panned out. You know, what I mean, like like you had. Literally, it's all all I think about is Buster Posey. Buster Posey. I mean, you had Tim, Mad Timmy Bum, Jim. Tim Linskim, Tim Linskim. Tim Linskim was that dude. Uh, that's also true. The freak. The freak. Yeah, that that's kind of it though. Like everyone else was like like Panda came yeah. <laughs> came up and they, they 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 used him and he was a beast. You had, even had um freaking like guys like Joe Panic. Like they just found like ways to make him useful. They were good. Like they they were good when they needed him. They put together like a good ball club, but it just wasn't flashy. And right now they're kind of doing the exact same thing, right? Like they're they're actually they're they're good right now. They're good again, and it's I'm not gonna say it's annoying, but I mean, come on now, like you, who do you have out there? They got Evan Longoria playing at their base. They got, I feel like half their team is like over 35. Like that's what it feels like. Shout out Longo. Used to be one of my favorite players. Uh, And then we got our last one, which is which is kind of controversial, but I know Kyle is is passionate about it. Uh, this is just to get the people talking. Um, Francisco Lindor, you're a spud. I'm gonna say <laughs> it. You are a spud. Uh, at least for right now. All right. Like, let's let's be honest. Lindor is. We know he's a good. He's a good ball player. Yeah, four time All Star. 
uh, multiple gold glove. I think he got the platinum glove, right, one time? Uh, I don't I know like if he, he got the platinum. I mean, it seems like he would. But he's a silver slugger as well, so I mean, like, almost almost won a World Series. I mean, sorry, <laughs> bud, you didn't get it done, but um, you should have. You could have been a World Series champion. Um, but yeah, I mean, like, obviously, he's been a good player in the past, but um, like, like last year, he didn't really have that great of a year, and he got traded to the Mets, which is also kind of funny that the Mets um, GM, who um, who's a dirtbag. <laughs> the only good thing he did was uh only good thing he did was get Lindor and then they signed Lindor for a massive contract and then like what if Lindor turns out to be like Albert Pujols type production like like imagine like if like like that's the curse of their GM like that that's also like just brutal. the curse of being a Mets like just the Mets in general like I don't know what what what's wrong with the Mets like I like I have I have a former roommate who's a Mets Jets fan and just I, I don't know like they 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 must have done something to piss off the sports gods because and it's like it's not even like they're like the worst team every year it's just like like they just they're so unlucky like yeah. they, they, <laughs> if you look at their roster every year like they should be good like they should be competitive but they made the World Series in like 2015 against the Royals and you just never heard from them again like that's that's yeah, pretty they much what happened swept the Cubs. Yeah, they Daniel the, Murphy <laughs> they absolutely. Daniel Murphy became a god. Yeah, the the thing about I want to I don't want to get too far off track here because we were talking about Lindor. Lindor is only twenty seven still, so there's still hope. He's not really yeah. past like the prime age of baseball players. But the one thing I would He's be worried a about buck eighty five. I, mean. I yeah, I mean, but you know, one hundred and fifty at bats. Like at that point, you know, he is he is struggling. Like there there is no secrets there. But the one thing I do want to say about Lindor. Uh, actually, two things. Uh, first off, over his, I'm not a, I'm a big stats guy, but I also do believe that you can't put everything in the stats. There is an eye test to everything, and stats tell part of the story, but not the whole story. Anyways, in the past, a thousand at bats, quite a big sample size. He has an OPS of just 800, just mm. barely at 800. And like we were saying earlier, not, that's not like great. That's like a good hitter. But the Mets are paying this man like how many like three hundred and seventy five million dollars. That's a lot of money for yeah, a not good, good hitting shortstop. Yeah, but it's it's good, but not great, and that, that's exactly why he's on the list, right? So he gets a three hundred million dollar plus contract. Um, which hey, you know what? I'm not even gonna say that you him. didn't deserve that. But once you get that contract, you have to understand that you are now put in a position to be judged on production. Like, and that's what happened to Albert Pujols, and that's why, like, his career kind of feels like, like, he's going to go down as a GOAT, but, like, it feels a little, like, sour. Um, But, like, that's, I mean, and Lindor just started, so, like, he could obviously turn it around, and it's super early in the season. Like, like we could just be saying this, and he could become, like, the MVP, and we'll look stupid. But, I mean, when you get that contract, and then you're especially on a team like the Mets now, who, like, has a reputation of, like, being faulty, um, yeah, like, like, you got this contract, so you were you're you should understand that you should be in this position right now where yeah. people are saying this and we're giving you opportunity to come out of it like you, you are a good player but right now you're a spud that's <laughs> you're what you spud, are right now Lindor. that's actually the other point I you're to bring the up. yeah he's the only spud on this list that's a current spud that isn't like he's not an overall spud you're just a current spud yeah current spud Soler, you're an overall spud Crawford, you know, maybe we'll, we'll let it slide. We'll see how the rest of the season goes. You're a streaky spud. <laughs> You're a streaky spud. <laughs> but uh, that was the other thing I wanted to bring up about Lindor was guys, once they get their contract, they just 
They don't have that same desire. It feels like most of the time. And so he got that money, and I don't. I would not expect any more out of him. I would. And it, it's also it's also the fact of how he got that contract too. Remember where he was like he held kind out, of, didn't he? He was hold. He kind of had the holdout feeling where it's like like I need my contract or um I just not gonna be pretty. Like like when you push the envelope of I deserve this money, you better deliver. Absolutely. And that's that's why you're here. He just didn't. That's why you're Spud. That's why you're Spud Lindor. <laughs> So that was that was a that was our first episode back. I don't know. I feel pretty good about Kyle. A little over about an you. hour. Yeah, a little yeah. Over an hour. I, um, I think going forward, like I, I don't think our episodes are going to be necessarily this long. But because it's our first one, and we jumped in like a little like a month into the season, like it, this makes sense. Like, bear with us for this episode. If you listen the whole way through, God bless you. Um, you're a king or queen. <laughs> we don't judge. We did get a little. We um, probably got a little aggressive with the amount of baseball content we spit at you. So, I do apologize, yeah. but I don't at the same time because uh, if you're still listening, you obviously enjoyed it somewhat. Yeah, and like, and yeah, like if we're if we're gonna be straightforward, like journalists, and like give you like straight from a script, like who wants to listen to that, right? Like exactly. Bear with us. Um, we will have more structure, but um. Yeah, not not apologizing though. So no, not apologizing, but I I mean I I'm pretty happy with it. I mean I hope you guys enjoy listening. Uh, like I said, there will be more episodes. We will try and pump out you know try at least once a week, and uh, we're very grateful for anybody who uh, listened this far. So thank you. Yeah, shout out to my dad. I'm sure you're uh, this far. Was <laughs> Number one supporter. He's Number actually supporter. um he's actually at Copper Chimney right now, sending me videos of um some type Micro of wrestling midgets? that I won't. Good. yeah that's what it is okay. it's a real thing um listen we don't use the m-word all right they're oh, they're sorry. um i actually don't even know i don't even know the proper word it is they're people kyle i'm not gonna say it yeah they're human beings we're not shout getting into peter this dinklage. this is a baseball podcast shout out peter dinklage greatest actors love you um cool. and yeah um see you next week guys yeah see you next week Don't have been a fake, yellow, you're the cool, you know, you prove the wrong.